Lab project with Uchi of Chase Corner. And today I have some extremely special guests. My actual, actual, actual faves. My pastors, <laughs> Pastor Ferdi and Lily Adivefe. Drum roll! Yay. Hey! Um, it's a great glad to be here. Um, yes. At a half corner. Thank you. Too. Yes. I always wondered why you took away the um the other the eight of a. Mm. But it's honestly, good. it's it's a it's a long story. Eh? Yeah. When I when I first started looking it up, I was gonna do a hava, mm. but I felt like a hava had been used so much. And then when I was researching, I saw that the root word was actually a have. Mm-hmm. A have or a hava. So I was like, okay, let me just go with a have, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but nice one. And, and it's really amazing. Um, it's really amazing. I've been able to just sort of stumble on a couple of them. But it's good. Thank you so much. You've featured in a, a good number of them. Yeah, <laughs> get... I keep seeing the tags. <laughs> you are regular. <laughs> but thank you so much. I actually have to shout you guys out because I think three of the couples I've interviewed so far, either you married them or they met at the tribe or you are their pastor or you mentor them. So a huge shout out to you guys. You guys are just the best. And I have to give another shout out personally because you guys are pastors and guys it's not everybody that's privileged to be pastored by people who are actually involved in their lives. Uh-huh. My pastor is very hands-on and I'm so grateful for them. They are not, they don't do life on stage and then forget about you. They actually, they present and they make time and they are just wonderful people. So please, if you are listening, help me celebrate them in their comments. Go and attack your pages and say, God bless you. But thank God. Thank you, guys. Thank you so you much. This is encouraging. Thank God. It's a kind you. words. No, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, so let's get into it. Um, I've heard you guys small, drop small, small, like just nuggets here and there about your relationship. But today, me, I'm looking for yeah. the full. It's the full gist I want. So. <laughs> First thing is, um, how long have you, I mean, both of you, just how long have you been working with the Lord? Hmm. Lee, I think you should go first. <laughs> okay, um, <clears throat> I've been, uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's quite a story, but it's always a story. But um, I, I intentionally handed my life to Christ in my first year of university. That was in 2006. Uh, but I think I said the sinner's prayer <laughs> um, sometime in 2001. I think it was. Okay. I was in GS2 or so. And I, I, that day, I had done something that I was sure a senior was going to beat me to death for. And so I ran to my friend, Yaba, and said, yeah, but if you tell me about Jesus, and I think I'm going to see him today, please just <laughs> like help me. Tell me the prayer, say the words. I'll I'll repeat it. I remember beside the world, I should you know, she led me to Christ right there, I and mean, then I really did believe that she was real. But I feel like that that act sort of um, had a domino effect in that for some reason I just by myself, outside of my family, developed a hunger and a thirst for God. Mm-hmm. And I was born in a Catholic home 
both my parents are Catholic and they attended Catholic schools. They were both basically, you know, they, they, that's, that's, that's all they know as pertains to religion. So, yeah. but by myself, I started to attend masses by myself. I started to go to um, masses out, kind of like our service, what, called, what they call service. You know, sometimes I yeah. go for two a day. You know, I went for that, you know, I had baptism. I did the confirmation classes all by myself. I just, you know, by myself, I really wanted to know. I was always asking questions, always reading everything. But it wasn't until my first year in university that I had an encounter that shaped the rest of my journey. Um, uh, yeah, so that was it. So from, from then on, it's been a journey of, you know, of course, first baby steps and then discovering who God was and over time who I was in him. Uh, and and yeah, just exploring union. Wow, that's so beautiful. I, I love that exploring union. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, so my my own experience has been quite interesting because um, I think that it's my my first real experience um, came in my teenage years. I was really part of a gospel movement called the Box. It was a very big movement in Port Harcourt, and that was where I got uh, my first encounter with baptism of the Holy Spirit. I mean, then we would speak in tongues for long hours. And so, um, but again, further along the line, I would lose that fire or not necessarily lose that fire. That fire would somehow go cold or go, go back. And so in a sense, my work with God has been almost a 20 year journey of up, uh, a bit of a high season than this low season. Uh, when I got to university, mm. I had an opportunity of another revival. Um, but this particular time, it was more, what I came into was more like a, a, a recognition of um, studying the Bible. So that was the place where I started developing a deeper sense of co- conviction. Um, my, right. In the teenage years, I was pretty much into charismatic, speaking in tongues. When I got to university, I, I met those people who were very deep um students of the bible and i love the way they interpreted the bible so at that point in time i i I was part of the reformed movement or what they call reformed and it was pretty much just studying the using so we do all these solar scriptures you know using the bible as the basis then my but my real um another experience of god that i came into was like five years ago when i stumbled into this love love of god um, in, on campus, the emphasis was my love for God. The emphasis was my search for God. The emphasis was my thirst for God. The emphasis was my seeking after God. But five years ago, I stumbled into the beautiful gospel of God's love and grace. And it was like an, I had an entirely different experience. It was a different level of consciousness. But at this point in time, it was me realizing how much I am loved by him. It was me realizing yeah. just how much he came after me. And me realizing that this guy never gave up on me. Like in the worst of the worst days of my life, I was never alone. And again, that opened up the pathway to union. And I started to reinterpret the entire experience through the lens of my oneness with God, my being loved by him, fully accepted in him, my sonship with him, my sharing in, his, in the love of the Trinity. And honestly, for me, what I realized in that journey was I became less anxious. I became less paranoid. The, the anxieties I would feel of not measuring up or not getting it right was just going off. I saw me, myself moving away from that self-righteous person that wanted to get it all right to discovering the righteousness that had been bestowed to me as a gift. And trust me, it was hugely liberating. Uh, me growing in, in seeing the increase in the bandwidth of freedom and the increase in, in God's love was truly, truly refreshing for me. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> 
Wow, wow, that's beautiful. Mm. So you know, somebody had asked me the other day um, about um, altar call, and I told them that you know one thing I've come to realize is this progressive realization of our uh, God's love for us and inclusion, and so that many times here, yes, the altar call is important. You can remember that date and time and place, but every day we wake up, our heart is called. God calls our hearts to Himself, so that the altar call mm. for every believer is not an event. It's a, it's a daily journey of intimacy, of your heart being knotted in his, with his own, of you coming out, uh, coming alive and becoming more awake, awakening to his um, his love for you, his his warmth for you, and all of that. So really, really, that's what it is. That's so good. Thank you, Pastor Ferdi. Thank you, Lily. Those were wow. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna link back to that because there's a reason I asked those questions because I wanted to know if you guys were believers by the time you met mm-hmm. and how exactly did you meet? Um, Freddie, do you want to? No, you go first. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was it was my NYSE year, and um, at, at the time I know now you have to work in a ministry or something have to um there are no private institutions or private placements anymore in my so i'm not sure about that i have to check but oh they're still out oh, they're still out okay sorry i'm wrong yeah but um, um at, at the time basically you could you know you you get a company to submit a letter and then they post you um at the the, the the first place they sent me to i didn't really like and i think i complained because i just show up and the entire day I'd be at the reception waiting for someone who didn't care too much about his business. And so he'd never show up. So I never quite met the person for like one week. After I complained and then they 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 um I had an uncle who said, Oh, he has he has he has a he has a friend who might need someone like me. And I got sent to this organization and I went there looking for my to the to the looking for the owner of the organization, basically CEO. And while I was walking up the stairs in my NYC uniform. Uh, no, actually, so sorry. Told me to call, uh, to call, to call the CEO, and I remember I called the guy, and he said, "Okay, when you get to the office, um, ask for Ferdinand." <laughs> yeah, we celebrated like that. And, <laughs> so I got into the office, and I, you know, I, I went to the reception. He said, "Oh, he's upstairs." And so I walked right up the stairs, and I saw someone coming down, and I said, "Oh, hi, please, I'm looking for Ferdinand." And then you the person, the, the person, oh, Freddie, now wait, sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> I was looking up the stairs and I see someone coming down. And I said, oh, hi, I'm looking for Freddie. And he was at the top of the stairs. I said, I'm looking for Freddie now. And Please I'm supposed to meet him at so and so time today. And he said, oh, um, he, he, he just went downstairs. I said, okay. I said, okay, no problem. And so I entered the office of the Ferdinand, of the said Ferdinand, and started waiting. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, close to an hour. And then the lady sitting, the executive, the um, assistant to the CEO, who he shared an office with, so he said, sorry, who did you looking for again? I said, Ferdinand. And she said, ah, that was the person that you met at the top of the stairs. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I was thinking, oh, my goodness, did this person just, you know, <laughs> play me? Anyway, so I, I ended up, I don't think I saw you that day again. I think I had to leave, it took too long. But I called, I called the CEO after I told him, okay, I, I wasn't able to meet the so-so-so. And then the next day I met with someone else. Basically, I got the job. And so I started my, my service here there. And so I was your boss, you, we missed that part out. But it's okay, we could talk about it. But you were my boss right there. 
you're my supervisor <laughs> well that was how we met actually but i remember the first day i saw her working oh no and then the second time we met that was when i did so it was at um i can't remember that place it's a shop right but it used to be like in the night they used to have like jazz um sessions there oh, was double four. oh soul cafe double or four. something oh um, no not soul cafe <laughs> It was oh. a double four, but it had a different name at the time. Yeah, double four, but different name. And then I remember I was with some friends. Cafe Vegano. Yes. And then... Yeah, I know. Uh, I was with some friends, I remember. And um, Freddie walked in with some people who were my friends too. So uh, apparently we had friends in common. And I said, I know that guy. He's the one. And I already told my friends about the, player, about the person who, you know, was so not nice. I said, I know that guy. He's the one I'm talking about. He's the one I'm talking about. And so I went to say hi to my friends who he came with and then I had to live to be say hi. Mm-hmm. So from there, you know, at the office, we were working in the same department and then he became my supervisor, my direct supervisor, mm-hmm. basically. So Wow, that, that's actually how we met. But I remember the first day I saw her, there was this, um, there was a, a thought that crossed my mind for very quickly. It was like a flash. Mm-hmm. And what crossed my mind was, mm, this could be your wife. It was weird. Mm-hmm. I, I it was it just a quick voice that just <laughs> came and you know, honestly and um, because then I was actually in a relationship um, hmm. I was in a relationship that was yeah. quite an interesting relationship one of those relationships that you, you started on campus and it was good um, but we had we had both started a journey and theologically we were drifting apart in that relationship we didn't seem to even agree on a lot about grace love I was moving towards the grace and love side of things and um she was pretty much a um um then she was she was a calvinist or she is she still is so it was there was a different lens of interpretation and it was interesting because i was the person that took on that journey and and i was the person that now started evolving so when i met lily i i i i saw somebody that could be my friend but i was also cautious knowing that i was still in what seemed to have been a struggling relationship at the time by the way i was in a relationship too a really good one too. Ah ah. Well. Please, how did you guys evolve past this to, I mean, here? <laughs> well, uh, things happened, right? Um, <laughs> That's too big. You're leaving too much imagination. Well, explain, explain. No, but you know, we were yeah, we became friends and colleagues, and um, oftentimes when she had low times and down times, she would tell me about. Um, <laughs> The, our relationship and I was typically wait, wait, wait. I was I was typically the relationship hmm. advisor at the eh, time. No, no. Okay, I have to, I have to at this point salvage my reputation. No, no, it wasn't it wasn't anything <laughs> that My point would I would even tell her too about my 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 relationship and all of those things. But honestly it wasn't that it, it, it wasn't that yeah yeah she was even helping me by it wasn't exactly that uh, but I was really really trying to salvage what was um, a falling apart relationship at the time but there was a particular day I came to a realization and I knew that this this ship has sailed and I should be, I should just bid it farewell and I did but if um, um, some months after I did she also told me about her and um, um, her friend at the time um, just saying they were not it was over and of course we, we both encouraged ourselves in the Lord huh? um, <laughs> I love you know, but, um, I'm having time of my life because Freddie had to because she also it. started this relationship. So, Ours was also um, when she was still pretty young too. I think I was in, uh, she yeah, was in she was university. On, she was in university too when she started dating. You know, our relationship ideas we evolved, which is, and um, many times we're not even mm-hmm. self-aware. I, I could even tell you that my self-awareness came late. Right? Thank you, Um th- There was a sense that um, 
we, as we evolve, we start to realize that what we thought was this is what we wanted wasn't just exactly what was suitable for us, and we didn't even know at the time. Uh, yeah. So, but you know, you come of age and you you somehow take your uh, reflect over your choices, and and then you um you, you you're able to come to terms with what is real to you and what is not, what is the illusion of love, and what is you just loving the idea of somebody or loving the person or loving the idea of being with somebody or really being with the person and i think those things started to unpack for me hmm. oh death's gone <laughs> that's that's pretty <laughs> <laughs> so how did you how did you okay let me start with, with please how did you know that pastor Ferry was the man you wanted to marry huh well, um, okay. I think it was a good thing that we we were friends already. So Freddie sort of just, you know, skipped uh, skipped that part, but but we really developed a friendship in the course of working together. Um I remember uh, we used to have movie dates, like the entire department, a few people were you know, a few of us were friends. I remember we even started a fellowship. Mm-hmm. I remember that during mm-hmm. the um, Occupy protest, we used to pray together, and then from there we just kept we we call every night, and then we all pray, or sometimes early in the morning before we pray. Um, and then we had friends in common. At sorry, okay, so, and we had friends in common. Um, at the time, I had started flirting with the idea of 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 transitioning to a new church community. So I was attending the Wednesday services, not knowing that Freddie was there on Sundays even. So that was already yeah. happening. Uh, we just, you know, and in, in terms of values and principles, I wouldn't say we matched totally, but more than any other person uh, in the company. Uh, in the world. <laughs> in the company. <laughs> and then I, I was I was so into work. Uh, and maybe, um, maybe if I even looked at the men around me at the time, you know, we we aligned on many levels even the even more than the person i was saying at the time we aligned on many levels so it was just a natural poem i guess in that sense but but coming to the point of knowing uh i didn't know right away i did not know right away i remember one night we were just praying and like i said these are just general prayers about you know we pray for the company we pray for nigeria we pray about you know different personal burdens and the next thing was rounding up you know just there saying um, you know, um, praying for our marriage, like from friendship. And then I don't even understand how he's like in the same breath. He started praying about marriage and, you know, I was confused. I'm out and then he just said, okay, good night. And then he hung up quickly. Maybe he was, you know, self-conscious <laughs> suddenly. But I'm calling my friend and saying, this just happened. Like, what do I make of this? Like, we're all confused. Like, what is this? And then I remember when I tried to bring it up the next day, pretty just, you know, evaded the whole thing. <laughs> Avoid it. Avoid the whole thing. But over time, I could see that he was, you know, being deliberate. Like from 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 the from our movie dates, being you know the entire department or just a few friends. Um, and then we used to go to Bogobi. We'd cross over and take a we take a boat to Kui, and then we'd all go together. Mm-hmm. It'd be fun. But then suddenly it would be just me and Freddie. Like he would say, okay, so we'll meet at so and so at so and so time. I say okay, and I show up, and then it would just be Freddie day, and I'd be thinking, um. <laughs> this is no longer, you know, a group effort. Like, but 
<laughs> eventually he worked up the courage to say okay this is where his own mind is now you know and he's starting to think so 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 and i am saying of course like a good christian girl amen i want to exactly. pray about it let <laughs> me pray about it so um uh so after that anyways a lot of them there are many more twists and turns like freddie said you know um, there wasn't a lot of self-awareness at the time and even though at the time you know you couldn't tell us anything we thought we knew everything we were we were still quite i don't right young yeah. I, mean, I mean we were shaped by all this um our kids dating goodbye um there was this uh, gary chapman so there were there were ideas of what we thought we thought we dating could be now yes. for me when it but, comes to marriage wait, but um i was i was I okay I sorry finished. so sorry so i thought so the actual question was how did i know he was the one so um getting to the point where you know closer to the time when we got married um i had this conversation with god and it was an agonizing conversation of is he the one is he the one is he the one is he the one in fact i was trying to avoid it because just before i had had the same conversation with god about the la- about the previous person and uh mm. yeah it was quite dramatic and painful for all involved <laughs> even god felt the pain but <laughs> um but, but with, you know but with freddie um God, I think, used that to explain to me the extent of my own, of of my, of my, my part to play, sort of, in, in shaping this life, in sort of partnering to create the life that he had drawn up or had destined, you know, or had in mind for me. And uh, in a way, in a way, I could say Freddie was the one. But also, in a way, I can say that Freddie was the one I chose because I first of all, um, first of all, had to divorce the idea that there's a soulmate because there isn't just one person, you know. Uh, but then mm. seeing that Freddie, in many ways, aligned with with where I was going, my direction, my plans, my thoughts, um, and there's something that I think I don't know who said first, but Freddie always says, and I strongly believe it, that the most important thoughts you could ever think is what you think about god and in many ways we thought yeah. the same we believe the same about god he was you know priority for us he was you know number one to us and and, and so in many ways that's that's the my my search for alignment on what i believed about god my search for alignment in what i believed about uh, myself and someone who saw those things or was willing to to journey to pull them out to see them manifest to see them blossom to see them bloom you know drew me to him and helped me make the choice and um I, in case i wasn't clear for me it wasn't a case of god speaking to me saying freddie's your husband it was a case of um you have to choose him but if you're you have to choose you know and um and if you choose it's a, it's a um it's a, it's it's you committing in a sense to being a wife to being married to this person i'm not going to dump a person on you i'm not going to force a person on you i'm not going to choose for you you know he's mm-hmm. already he already has so many um so many of the things i was already looking for so many of the things i knew that you know uh, i wanted so it was a case of okay you just make the choice i bless it i back it i give everything else that you need to see from Okay, if I if I add to that, I think that my um, honestly at this time I really think there was a lot that was going on inside my head. I was growing to know and love God, mm-hmm. and growing to know I was loved by Him, but I was still a chaotic person inside. Um, again, my I, I now I will call it trauma, 
but I didn't know I had those things at the time. I knew I grew up in a very, very fractured um, setup where I didn't have that much of a positive frame of reference when we think about marriage. So my idea of marriage was one that I wanted, mm-hmm. but I didn't want it like that. So I had this personal battle okay. where I would look at it and then I would desire it and I'll wake up in and I'll be terrified by the idea. So I was sort of like vacillating back and forth on should I, shouldn't I? Uh, and then, you know, again, my growing up too, I also had my own struggles where I felt I had very complicated ideas on my identity. I wrestled with it. And maybe that's why I'm very big on identity. I mean, I can't get past the idea that if I knew enough about who I was in God, it would have saved me a lot. And I had complicated ideas around sexuality, identity, marriage, what love should look like. And some of them were things that couldn't stack up to reality. Um, and these were my, my intimate struggles or my intimate conversations, right? And I wanted to be sure that bringing somebody into this and uh, to participate in what would become eventually a life that I'm building with the person. And I, I didn't want to go into marriage and have all the traumas come to the float to the surface and I have to then deal with that. But, you know, I, I remember praying about it and still getting the, the release and the, 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 the affirmation of God saying, you, this is where you're meant to be. Uh, I, each time I pray about it, I mean, there was even a time I, I, I really told her that I don't know that I'm a husband person. I, I'm not sure that I would be able to go through with the marriage or make it work because my fears all, all came to, the, to haunt me. Everything I buried in shallow grave suddenly came out, came out to the surface and they were staring me in the face and saying, you know better. Right. But, you know, I, I, and I'll say this just in case someone is listening here. Many times we're trying to see how we could, you know, control our fast track, our healing. And many times God actually makes that healing happen even within the marriage framework. And my marriage has been a very important evolution tool for me and a healing tool. And I've, I've grown with that. I mean, um, I, Lydia and I spoke a bit today and she was talking about a book we read where the man said, marriage is not just for your happiness, it's also for your holiness. And, you know, just even holding both intention that, yes, we want a happy marriage. But the reality is that sometimes God works, use the marriage to work in us and to help us come to a point where we can truly, truly reflect him to one to another. And that's the gift of marriage. It's it's really that, that gift of an intimate, vulnerable space where God can continue the work of his perfection, even in us and through us and with us. The reality of the, the life God has called us to participate in is a full life, is completion, right? So that the hope, holiness is an integral part of the life, but so is happiness, right? And, and then for us, we cannot see, um, we cannot see, God doesn't take pleasure in our pain. God doesn't take pleasure. Yeah. That the, the pain for many times comes from a place of our on, our false expectations of ourselves and of our spouses. So we bring, yeah, false estimation, false ideas. And we become attached to those expectations. So if I am, um, if I, if I love my wife, it's an amazing thing, and I love my wife. But when my wife becomes my source of meaning and validation, identity, I soon outsource to her a meaning that only God can give, and I put upon weight of my of of meeting my intimate needs that are only separate and can only be met by God, and she will break. No human is designed to carry on the weight of the other person's needs. So you know, and and that's what many people have to know that love. But when that lover becomes the ultimate, you set up yourself and pain. And so it's not God giving you the pain. It's the pain is is actually a signal that you are misaligned. Yes. That your union is not your source, but something else has become your source. Yes, and you know that I learned that I well I, I, I didn't know how much I, I could share because it was the first question, but at some point while we we're dating, Freddie and I broke up. 
Mm. And that was one of the things I, I learned at that point that it, the pain was, was too bad, which I do not explain. But I remember I, I, I cried so bad. My mother had to beat me the next morning. I could barely walk. Jeez. I was physically, mentally, like, weak. I was just, you know, finished. And um, and thinking and in that, and so I left my I left the house. My manager said I was not good in the office, so she gave me she gave me compulsory leave. And Aww. I left my house and I went to stay with my friend. And I remember I didn't talk for the entire week. Just loving Chris, just give me food and let me you know cry. But in that period, I was talking to God and asking why why does it hurt so bad? Why is it so painful? Like what? Like I know something is wrong. Just show me what. All I could say was, please, 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 just show me what. And in that in that period, I realized that I had outsourced something that should have only been a responsibility or a role I I, I should have been assigned, um, assigning to God. Something that only God could have given me. I was looking for another person. That's why it hurt so bad. That's why I keep. I, mm-hmm. it, and and it, what, what, one like, thing. One thing that, that also, something was misaligned. Yeah, no, pain is actually you can make make pain redemptive. Um, pain can actually be a signal for us to create. And once again, remind remind ourselves where our source is, what our essence is about, and what what was the real substance of our life. You know, but even just speaking of it, and, and this is important because many times when you go through a breakup, many people think that because the other spouse, the other person is breaking up, that is a judgment on your self worth. It's not a judgment self worth. Mm. Many times, it's even a reflection of their own internal battles that they have not confronted yeah. or conquered. And you're just caught in the middle of a civil war exactly. right, that is going on in them. And you now start to break and fall apart. So the, the, many times, you know, it's important. I'll say this to many guys because guys internalize a lot. And many of us have normalized abuse. We've normalized not being able to speak about our feelings or process them. I'm very avoidant. And you can stay with me and just not hear my heart. I can tell you a lot about jokes. About everything. About everything. I mean, I can... I would talk I would rather talk politics, but not the not the palpitations of my heart. I would rather talk about it. <laughs> but it's not my, my, my intimate thoughts. But you know, I, mm. again, so I, I know that I was but I, my, my feelings, if I could best describe them in the word complicated or turbulent. Turbulent might seem more like the word. And you know, and I was looking at I was explaining my marriage with the lens of my parents and I was like, if this doesn't work, what will I do? Um, and I, I had all the, the everything coming back, you know. And you have to understand that your fears are not are all lies. Your self doubts, no matter how how strong you feel about them, oftentimes are really lies that the enemy is speaking and spiking and heating it up and bringing up your condemnation, bringing up ways where you're in faith, ways in which you will fail. But we are not found in our failure stories or in, our, in the stories of our parents. God crafted for us a new narrative. But let's not get into express. Someone, you're on the rigs, which you should have known. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, I should have known that. I actually blame myself because I'm. I think I'm enjoying it too much. That I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Instead of me actually asking you guys questions, but I'm certain that everyone that's listening is being blessed the same way that I am as well. Um, there's something I have to actually highlight um, about the pain of breakups um, and. You know, Pastor Freddie, you said something that, you know, it is not a failure of yourself. And this is something that Lily actually said to me, which actually gave me the courage to walk out of something. She's she's done that for me a few times. Flat out something. And she said, the end of a relationship doesn't mean you're a failure. And that's something that I really took to heart because 
on a subconscious level i had equated that a relationship through to me failing you know and i felt like man you say another relationship don't end again like clearly you are failing at it you are failing at this christian life you are just failing you know um but thank you for you know sharing that with me then it really helped me and for anyone that's listening now you know um the fact that you walked out of a relationship where relationship ended it doesn't mean that you are a failure um as pastor freddy said the fears that you have they're just lies of the enemy he's just protecting projecting rather nonsense and the truth is that you are whole you are loved you are accepted by god whether it's a breakdown of a dating relationship or even a marriage even though people will say this is controversial but really the fact that your marriage ended is not the end of your life yeah. god still loves you no matter what happens really the the bible says that there's nothing we can do that can separate us from his love we didn't earn his love and we cannot lose his love we are not that powerful so don't give yourself that much credit it's okay <laughs> you are still loved by god um but thank you so much <laughs> thank you so much guys um but so let me add to this I, oh. one of the yeah is when we become the things we do or the the relationship in once that once we become, they, they become our source of pain when they fail we feel we have failed I remember telling somebody recently mm-hmm. yes you, your business failed but you're not a failure because you're not your business i mean it was some yeah but, but it's not something that is you so it's important for us to begin to really ensure that we're not going to put ourselves in vulnerable places that would make us more heighten our sense of insecurity right um mm-hmm. and when we when we even go through pain when you look at it is because you, you you see have insecurities or pride that is actually becoming the source of the pain So God is using your relationship to pull all of these things out. Um but we must put them in context. God is always going to be the end of relationship is not the end of your life. Yeah. That's so good. Okay. Um so I want to ask something. You guys are parents. <laughs> yeah, the first parents I've had on the show. I'm so excited. <laughs> um but you guys have three wonderful boys. And I want to know how has your relationship changed with children? Hmm. Wow, that's hmm, synchronized. Um, it has ah, okay on a per, hmm, okay on at first because we our initial plan when we got married was to wait a year or two before you know we started trying for kids because I wanted to get another degree. In fact, I had just resigned. I had been a part-time student and working part-time, but then I just I want to do this one year, eighteen months straight, and then. You know, get back into the workforce, and then six months after, do baby. Alas, <laughs> I think I think on the very night of our wedding, <laughs> wow. So we had a baby on the way that we're not quite prepared for. I was in, I was in the master's program, and when when you've been celibate for so long, this thing <laughs> happens. <laughs> I'm tired, please. I'm tired. Okay. Um, but but really though we were i was very i was i was not happy and it didn't help that i was physically it was one of those really you know trying pre- pregnancies i was constant you know i i i couldn't keep anything down i couldn't eat for months i was in the hospital i was vomiting everywhere and then i had to be in school but with my money through this process so it was really hard you know a lot of tears 
because I just sit down and be crying for nothing, like honestly. But when baby came, that same that cloud still hovered over my head. I remember. But I remember when I saw him in that minute. I think some it kind of I I can't I don't know how uh, how to say this in a very politically correct way, and I hope nobody will judge me for how I said it or nobody will misread this. Please take this in the in the lightest, most um, meaningful <laughs> way possible. But I, I remember um, saying that, that I feel like I feel like I died. In the sense that mm. I feel like my life is over. But not in a bad way. I Just in the sense that I feel like it's no longer all about me. It's like everything is about this child now. Mm. But I love the minute I saw him. And I, I couldn't stop crying. Because at the same time, I felt all the love. I felt all the, you know, I just, the, the understanding that, you know, life was different from now. It was all going to be about this helpless thing in my arm. But at the same time, feeling like, at the same time, feeling, you know, the feelings of anxiety, like, okay, can I do this? I wasn't ready for this. I'm too young for this, you know. How can I take care of him? Are we financially prepared for this? Just so many what if, what if, what ifs, you know, started blooming. And then the crying would turn from crying of, you know, um, tears of joy to tears of depression but over time I had to go on another on another journey with God understanding that okay you know this child is not just my child he's God's child and so first and foremost what I should have done with all those months where I was crying and pining and thinking why 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 you know was ask God was dig deep and ask God okay what is your purpose for this child what do you want from him you've given me a gift you've given me a blessing made me a channel you know for another life that's going to be like earth what is yeah. yeah so this question sounds a bit deep and existential but trust me there's there's um three children after this is how it should have been done from the beginning and i did this for the other two and and god was so keen so quick like to respond and like just so much i, I can't explain it but then but that's what i should have been doing at the time it changed it it must say it altered me because before then, um, I was really just it, was just, it was just four of us, you know. I wanted, you know, the romance to continue. Um, I mean, I know how to have fun. I know how to enjoy my life. You know, I know how to enjoy <laughs> life too. And suddenly, <laughs> I became, um, uh, who could I describe? Uh, who could I, you know, liken it to? But basically, I became like, you know, like a hawk. I was very, very protective. I was very, very I, I was, I wanted to know everything about motherhood. I was reading every book. All my relationships were now, you know, about okay, is this person about that? Um, is this person? Uh, does this person have boy kids? Does this person mentor me? Can this person teach me? So in that way, my life was sort of, you know, shifting, and even my friendships were, were changing too. And so that sort of placed a demand on Freddie as well because I was changing my social, changing, inevitably our relationship was impacted you know it was it wasn't easy to adjust at first it was really hard and you know first time um, um having a baby for the first time freddie was, if you think i wasn't ready you should have seen freddie ha 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 you know so <laughs> freddie had just resigned as well and then he went to start a company so we we're both out of then to add the financials you know um expectations to and then the weight of you know we were people who had steady jobs at the time we married, working in an oil company, and then suddenly nothing zilch to wait baby on. So it wasn't easy. Um, a lot of things changed, but then I must say that God 
came through and he didn't come through I, I can't say he came through with oh he came through with this wonderful job that brought all the money no but he came through with wisdom mm. so how to manage um because sometimes it would seem in my in my bid to care and show um and 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 prove maybe to myself that i was a good mother i would neglect or over or it would overshadow these or my responsibilities as a wife sometimes even as a human being honestly <laughs> but it, it really altered and then god giving us wisdom was helping me understand at that point that i needed to divorce myself from this child because me self i'm god's child god's child yeah so i can't i can't be more parents to this child and god is parents to him mm. step back um resign my role of 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 the deliverer conqueror savior of the kaima and <laughs> god i'm putting him in your hands i'm giving him to you i'm going to trust you and you know just seeing seeing come to wisdom on on every side honestly at the time he was one i remember saying i didn't want to have any more kids because it was such a you know just a was what 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 would you use for turbulent it i didn't want to have kids again i was done i could i don't know how to do this over and over and over again a year after we started trying for another child so in one year you know god took on a healing journey well let's already talk now so mm. wow changes um i think on a level um you know th- 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 was raising children it's a perfect mirror um, for you to have like an inside view into your own interior life or oh, yeah and in mm. just sort of remembering how i was raised um i'm also now understanding that when we heal a generation people so i'm very careful about how these boys are being raised i want them to go through the fracture that i had to experience as well i want to have to have the right dose of discipline and love that will require them to form a healthy sense of identity and affirm them. But there is something else that the, the, my dear father has helped me to realize. Realize the fatherhood for us as his children. And I know how deeply I love them. I know my thoughts towards them are of good and not of evil. I know that I, I'm thinking of, okay, let move to this estate because when I came here, I saw, I saw the park and I wanted the kids to have like a playing ground. And it was for the sake. I mean, it, I wasn't mm. even thinking, oh, what Lydia and I, it was they need to have a place where they can play. That was what actually attracted me. So literally, I think they, they are like the, the object of my affection as well. I'm thinking what kind of life I'll give them. I'm thinking what inheritance will I leave behind. And, you know, it, 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 I'm now I'm so very, very obsessed about the fact that I'm God's child and I'm loved. I'm his son. I have access to the things of God. I have an inheritance like Christ does and we are co-heirs with Christ. But it's because I'm experiencing it day to day that even in the intimate thoughts of my heart, I am every whispers of my mind, it's really that these boys would have a life, a life that would be close to that would reflect my thoughts for them. Right, that's it. And together, you know, just even knowing that we need to we are on the same team. All that I am, I am for them. All that Lily is, she's for them. We're not separate, we are together, we are one and we are in union. And also knowing, you know, I was I was explaining to the other the other day that when I was growing up and I didn't understand God's fatherhood and I didn't understand our union with God sometimes I hear some attributes of God and I'm terrified that God is coming, going to get me so when I hear things like God is a complete fire I cry like oh my God I'm going to burn in hell when I hear 
when I hear I'm going to be judged and I'm thinking, oh, I, I won't make the cut. I'm just going to be trashed in, in, in prison. But when I now when understanding union and understanding the fatherhood of God, guess what? Everything God is, he is for me. So God is a but he's my mm-hmm. refiner. So that I'm not flame to become yeah. ashes and put through the flame to become gold. Right? Yes. Come to realize that God yeah. is a judge. Yes, when you know when we say God is merciful and he's a judge, he's both mercy and judge, but they're not contradictory. He's merciful that in even in the midst of when but when we when we could when, when wrong or evil can get to us, God's mercy prevails. It's not everything that yeah. seeks to destroy and mutilate or, or destroy us. God comes to the rescue. He won't let us suffer un, unjustly or suffer any, any strand of injustice for what he has secured for us in Christ. So that at the end of the day, we cannot interpret justice as something God needs against us. Everything God is, he is for us. God is not the God that is against us. He's the God that is for us. And everything God is, if God is ferocious, he's ferocious for me. If God is sovereign, his sovereignty is to ensure that I am not, I'm not insults, I'm not TV, that his decisions are, are, are supreme over my life. And I am covered by his love. That his, his, his sovereignty, his sovereignty means that he has chosen by his own self-will to love me regardless of me. And I cannot invalidate that love. Only if I don't feel qualified that I am, he's bigger than my thoughts. And it's bigger than my mind. My mind might not conceive it, but I'm still loved by him. And that is actually something that I'm realizing from being a father. I am tough and I discipline my kids, but my discipline is for their good. It's for them. It's not supposed to... The chastisement is for their perfection. It's for their growth. It's for their maturity. And we must see it. Not have a dualistic dualistic mindset when we think of our life with God. No, 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 no. We shouldn't. Right? Anyway, let's just be slow on this so we don't... Yeah, <laughs> but that was really good thank you both you know one of the questions I was going to ask was about the role that God plays in your relationship but again I think it's so evident you know even in parenting how God is such a huge part of everything that you guys do you know as units and as individuals um, it, from when Lily's talking about you know how she had to let God take her on that journey of letting go um, and understanding that Kaima is God's son. And, you know, how with um, Jordan and with Jesse, even throughout the pregnancy, she was surrendering everything to God and, you know, the journey till now. And even you as a father, um, understanding fatherhood um, as a reflection of God's fatherhood, in, in fact, I think that's so beautiful and really um there's something that god has been teaching me about and it's something that lily and you both have mentioned earlier actually there are many ways that we are sanct- hello you know with with parenting we we get to understand more of god and i think it's with every season of our lives we get to understand more of god because that's really the essence of union every part of our lives is actually supposed to draw us closer to christ make us more like christ make us understand christ more so i think that's just so wonderful um but lily you were going to share something earlier um also about parenting and i wanted you to touch back on that Uh, um let me oh okay uh i'm not sure right i think it was about I think it's related to the question that you wanted to ask about how, you know, in our uh, our relationship or our roles. Mm. Uh, 
being being married is 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 one thing and raising a family is another even though it's a function of a marriage um and b- being married um is a <laughs> would i say sad or, or unfortunately or unfortunately i guess god looks at it as fortunate if also looking at it as unfortunate but then it's a process it doesn't happen all at once you grow in union with mm. your and as you know as we grow there's some parts on some parts are easy some parts are just you know things that i guess we sort of that sort of process of coming up said we wanted to get married it's just easy we just clicked on many levels you know so that's very easy we did we were completing each other's sentences in that regard and then some things were sort of you know hard you know slightly more difficult some things i don't like to you even impossible you know but in in working trying to work through all these things and working knowing that we have a standard by which we need to you know we need to go uh talking about the spirit and the fruit of the spirit uh kindness gentleness meekness you know um mm. long suffering you know all that and love of course and um doing that now with kids you know initially the the idea was okay we use the first year to really get to know each other naked and unashamed you know all the things you couldn't find out you know while we were dating let us know ourselves now mm. it came you know so quick and all the kid came so quick and we were sort of forced an audience was sort of forced on us so early so right knowing that every you know everything we do how we make decisions how we interact just like Freddie said how you know for him his family is like um or his family are like the voices in his head you know uh and when he wanted to make the marriage decision you know they were speaking for against for against for against for against you can't do this you can't do this you can't do this in the same way i sort of simulate that my kids are going to have our voices playing in their heads years from now or are going to have you know scenes from the reel of our marriage playing in their heads years from now when they're trying to make a decision and right. my goal is that they enter with fearlessly they enter into it well equipped they enter into it full of the wisdom full of godly wisdom the wisdom of god and are able to um are able to take that as more valuable than than the experience <coughs> i don't know what the world's going to be like 20 30 years from now but that they are going to hold the truth of the bible the truth of god's word over everything happening in and around them so um so for us it's forced us to um to grow quicker <laughs> mm. uh, so in all the in, in the many many areas that were deficient that we were deficient as a couple in terms of okay how do we resolve conflict maybe it took us a while to find a rhythm that was god honoring um where we could both be you know gentle be humble to hear each other out be mutually submissive you know it's it's made us grow quicker in those things because these children are fast and they can Maybe I have the boy was talking at one, you know, even before he had teeth, he could say thirty. So, so he, you know, he's really quick, and so for us, it forced us to, you know, to, it forced us deeper and faster or, or farther into God. Mm. Now we have an audience; we cannot disgrace you. Help us! <laughs> Help us! So good. Another another thing for me, at the point where honestly, I don't even have anybody to share with me. But at a point in at a point in this marriage early on I I decided that I I wasn't interested anymore. I didn't want to do this anymore. <laughs> that it was it was too much. It was too hard. I had I saw that for everybody. And, and like I mentioned Freddie and I had you know dysfunction in our backgrounds and so it was mm-hmm. it was an easy it was the easy way out to just give up. 
if I'm being mm-hmm. at that point, and and I'm I'm grateful that I had God speaking to me, speaking at, and I was talking to Him every point on the journey leading up to marriage, and so I was able to go back to that place. And when I said I'm tired, I'm going, He said, "To wait." And uh, some some other time down the line, I remember I was complaining that this is impossible. This is too hard. You're asking me to do the impossible. This man, <laughs> you don't know him. Oh. You know, I, this is talking to God. And then God had told me that no, the thing is, you don't want to be married. Mm. Time I would go to God to complain or to cry or you know in pain about something that was happening in our relationship. God would give me a mirror to show me to show me how far I was from where I thought I was <laughs> if that makes sense mm-hmm. so God mm-hmm. and in the, the very first thing though was that you're really you're a tongue speaking Christian you go to church you're in the choir you're this you're that you're that you're this, you know you're all that but but you don't really know how to be married to me mm-hmm. God and that in my in my union in my true marriage union understanding that aspect of that paradigm of my relationship with god and all that comes with it if i was able to understand it and imbibe it marriage wouldn't be a struggle for me so it was in my marriage i started to learn how to be really married and that's one of the advantages we have as believers if oh if we could really in religion you know have so much to gain from enjoying and exploring exploring union life for god um um, so in that in that period, basically, I said to understand again, God, what you know, what it really means to be submissive to God. You know, we say things like, "Oh God, you know, I just want Your will. I just want Your will." But you're there doing your own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes the will of God is in the you know, it's it's it's, it's clear as in the Bible. It's stated there. You know, think maybe the Ten Commandments, some things you know to do, not to do. You know, think about the sermons that Jesus gave. You know, you know what to do. But then some things discerned. Sometimes you know, it will needs to be discerned, and so spending time cultivating the intimacy where you know it's not it's not like trying to to bring water from a rock every time I need to speak or discern something or run it by God, you know all that needs to come before you go into marriage. All these things are the things that are equipping, and 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 so for me, if you've been around me long enough, and Uche, I think you kind of have. This is why I always speak about being about being one with God, being one and. Yeah before you go in union with the person you know it just makes it easier you know thank god we're here thank god for wisdom but it's one of the things that helped us navigate at the time so coming to the place where i was you know begin learning to be married to god it was just bring that relationship and then put it here for instance one of the things i was sharing with you earlier um, was understanding getting to a place where i was comfortable in what i did what i had what i had discovered and chosen to believe about god god you are good your thoughts towards me are good not of evil um you are my shepherd i lack nothing or you are my shepherd i have everything i knew i have everything i could want um um, understanding that he loves me and making this the foundation with him that in the same way i had in, in the same way that i was able to respond in love to god because i had a sure foundation for my response i needed that to refer to and there's something called um something there's something called it's like called like um confirmation bias uh and it's it's i don't know if you know about this but then it's basically uh it basically talks about how what you believe you your biases would sort of you know yeah reaffirm them yes reaffirm them 
and so for the longest time all the negative things i did would get in the way of my choice be a good wife uh see him as a good husband be a good friend etc 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 because my mind was constantly anxious you know running all over the place i was believing every and you know every single experience and incident i was isolating but then i had where i i i decided again you know god i choose to believe instead what you believe about i choose pretty how you see him i choose to believe the best about him and then it was you know and from then on uh i was able to bond more constantly more faithfully more consistently to ferdy from a place that mirrored what i what i gave to god as worship and so my marriage for me became a place not just of sanctification but became for me you know my worship to god my response to god as well uh and in so doing it became a it became a it, what's the word now a garden <laughs> it became wow that that we're enjoying now but yeah well, that was sort of the process pretty that's so good oh my god wow see wisdom jeez wow okay pa- pastor freddy i want to ask you a question and i'm going to ask uh, lily as well um can you guys hear yeah, me yeah, yeah. Wait. okay yes um i want to ask you guys pastor together and i mean i'm a member of the tribe <laughs> and i know that we in tribe we're actually not too okay <laughs> self-included we are not too okay is <laughs> it can only be the grace of god that is helping people with us um but how has pastoring affected your relationship as a marriage because i'm sure there are some people lis- listening who are I would call in active ministry. I mean, we know that ministry is a very broad. Like, let me call it active ministry, as in pastoring, shepherding, and things like that. So, how has it affected your relationship or changed your relationship? And any words of advice for other people listening? I, I think that um, I think that I personally understand that the nature of the, um, the ministry that we're called to. Um, I am a poster kid for all millennial crisis. Uh, it was only natural that the kind of people that I started meeting at the tribe where people were also coming from different levels of brokenness, trauma, but love during mm. that love. So it was it was it was a healing place and many times we have an unhealthy expectation of of, of of church. Church is more like a hospital. You you have to have a sense that people are coming to heal. Um mm. you know, it's also a shaping point. What we owe to all one another is to create um, a safe space where people can truly encounter God. And I, I still remain deeply, heavily committed to that idea. Um, how has pastoring changed us in, in many and bad ways? I think for Lily, it was it was a, it was an unfolding. For her, it was more like an unfold. So Barry is doing that thing when he talks about everything but himself. No, no, no. I said for her, it was it was an unfolding journey of growing into. Um, I don't know that I even have completely come to the terms with what pastoring fully, really is. I mean, you know, I have, mm-hmm. a, I have a ninety-five. I go to work, so I'm yeah. at the office all day. So it's not necessarily something that I am always available for all week round. Yet, it's a ministry that is required. Is na- the nature of the work is you have to be available. So I tend to, in the middle of work, I'm having a counseling session, and I'm coming for a meeting. I'm going into a prayer session. So my life and, and my my business and my and the ministry has somehow found a way to woven uh, around each other 
um, in some ways, I think I have to keep reminding myself that this work is a tough one, and yes, lots mm. of people have to be realistic. Um, I mean, there are days when I feel, I feel like I'm not doing it again, or I feel like I was violated or exploited, or like I have all those human feelings. But I have to remind myself, Jesus felt all of these and more. Yeah. is against people who chose us and today we are all part of that and I think that for me it's an honor and a privilege to do life with the people I do life with and I really can't really change it um, I, like the people I've met at the tribe have been incredibly a blessing like in fact I can tell you that's what people that have made a significant impact in my life and love me for real and accept for real mm-hmm. I have met a lot of them at the tribe and it's not yeah. change right I, I just have to ensure that we look past the areas where our humanity would get a better part of us and many times i keep asking myself am i thinking through my insecurities or am i thinking through my feelings am i reflecting over these things accurately i'm not my feelings i'm the awareness behind them i'm not my thoughts i'm the awareness behind them so even when i feel engaged or disoriented or unqualified that's not who i am i am who god has called me to be and i have to constantly teach watch them hold their hands and walk them through life reminding each and every one of us who we are in god because resolving that that's our acceptance our god's acceptance of us we go a long way in freeing us from everything that we have bonded ourselves with thank you um lily how about you <laughs> oh yeah laughing but <laughs> no i'm laughing because of what you were saying <laughs> earlier well um yeah how has it affected our relationship so one of the things at the at, around the time where i like i mentioned i had to learn how to be married and you know that god walked me through was understanding the power of consistency mm. um, because even even besides you know even beside the tribe and the tribe has really been one of the i don't know if it's one of the high points of my life honestly it's been a blessing not just the people but then just the privilege of doing the work just yeah depths it's driven me into in god the the conversations you know that i'm privileged to have with god because of because of what i do at the tribe it's just beautiful the people i've come across you know uh, i mean while i've only get with you Oh, thank you so much, love. But but the, the the power um of consistency in this regard, I guess, um, would be one constantly understanding that things that especially in the marriage with Freddie, I mean, <laughs> Freddie's a very interesting person. Like I mentioned at the beginning, when we you know when when we got married, when we met, we we're both suits wearing members of corporate Lagos. I'm on mm. that line. Freddie decided he wants to be an entrepreneur. So they wearing jeans and then she came to the office. <laughs> dressed that way. You know, it took me a while to catch on. But then uh, I realized that I had to, I, I also had to let go of my idea that that I, I needed him to be the same person for me to love him well. Or I needed him to be the same person for me, for this marriage to work well. If, mm. if, you know, if, if everything was a different person, I had to, I had to, by God, you know, not just feel in love with him, but then 
make the decision to love him in as an uh, in terms of um, love as an action and you know yeah as a wife as a friend as a partner as a lover as a mother da, 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 da. and that that had to be the one constant thing my decision everything else could change so see us from there now from corporate lagos to uh, entrepreneurship imaginaria magic fit to the tribe lagos then the tribe abuja then elections you know yeah politician's wife you know my, <laughs> honestly if it wasn't ready i don't i honestly don't know how i would be you know enjoying or you know finding life interesting right now it's just been so many twists and turns but it might not change anytime it might not change anytime soon freddie's personality freddie's just wired that way. he's just an an adventurer he and god loves that god can just wake up and say let's go and do this and so okay freddie's is going and <laughs> <laughs> and me, I'm, I'm more the one that you know. I'm the one that if I was in the crowd, I'm the one who says, "You hold our shirt. We want to go and fight. I'm the one." To... <laughs> I'm literally that personality, you know. So for me, I had to divorce the idea that for for things to work, for this to work, that I had to. His he had to. His personality had to change. He had to change, or that was just one assignment from beginning to end because even even if i didn't marry Freddie, god had to explain to me that even if it wasn't ready that i i would i would have had to anticipate that life would be that way whoever yeah it couldn't all be on my terms anymore and so um for me that one consistent thing i had to hold on to was my understanding that things would always change and that I had to learn how to evolve, how to adapt, and that there was wisdom and there was power available for that in God. Because he's the one in charge of times, he's the one in charge of seasons, he's the one who brings... Mm-hmm. So I had to, in, in a sense, I had to submit to that understanding. So at the so with the tribe, it's just been like with every other thing, it's had its you know ups and downs, but then being consistent and understanding that with God, it's always adventures. With God, it's always a call to purpose. There's purpose in every season and everything is calling us to do. It's not just one thing. And so, yeah, that's, that's been freedom. Thank you so much, guys. I'm sure um, a lot of people have learned a lot from you both. Um, I was going to ask what you've learned in your years of marriage, but I think you guys have really shared that with this. So I'm going to ask instead, what is your biggest um, piece of advice for people who are either looking for a life partner or waiting on God for a life partner? Um, so Pastor Ferdi, do you want to go first? Yes, I, I think that um, the desire for a life partner is an amazing and a feeling and a good thing. But you must realize that before you bring somebody into the space that is you, you also have to have submitted that space to people who can fix you. Because marriage is simply a reflection of um, At any point in time, if you're traumatic, the marriage will have the tension of trauma. If you are somebody who is avoidant, you would, you'll find tension in the way you communicate. All of our love languages or all of our attachment styles are pretty much uh, analyzed and normalized way of being that we've been exposed to. So um, I, I would say let your reunion with God be the base upon which you come into the marriage. So you're not coming to get anything from the marriage that God has not supplied to you already and you're bringing into the marriage. Right, so I think that if you're coming into your coming into your 
I mean, the, the, the best married are when two people in union are, do, are, are doing life together because God supplies the forgiveness you require each day to overlook each other's flaws. He supplies the joy you need each day to enjoy each other's company. He supplies the love you need each day to keep each other going. So it's that your oneness with God, your intimate union with God should be the core, should be what powers your love life and all that you do. Wow. Thank you. Pastor Lily, how about you? It's similar, um, if not the same thing, really. It's that you can't, you can't, that the person you know as yourself outside of God is not your true self. Mm. And come mm. to the place where you are, um, you commit to a, you know, to you, to a union. Honestly, you're, 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 you're getting the a mistake. You are, if you have pins, but you don't even know it. <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm. and it doesn't sometimes, you know, there's no crisis until maybe you're in the marriage and then you realize that there's so much that has been on, you know, that's left unsorted. You know, when you, and don't get me wrong, it, when, you're, when you're in union with God or when you're married and you have a relationship with God, it doesn't mean that all your problems, all your trauma or that healing happens in an instant, no. But then you are given the tools to live every day victorious your experiences and over everything that's happened to you in the past and over anything that might come even. Love is such a buffer experiences. Even in marriage, because the truth is nobody gets married, married planning to get a divorce. But people change, things happen, you know, people people there are circumstances that people just don't anticipate. Sometimes people lose their spouses, you know, and it if outside of your marriage you you lose that spirituality as a person as god and a person residing as one you know as an entity within you then you're going to lose yourself too when your marriage does just like mm-hmm. when, you know, when the breakup happened you're going to fall to pieces when you lose a spouse or a child or something you're going to fall to pieces it, you know so the most vital thing like that portion that cannot be taken away you know is that of intimacy through you Christ that's that's the one thing I think is most important everything else is superficial five steps seven steps six steps they work they are good but they're superficial people change like you can see my own, every every year every two years something new exciting and exciting happens so I have to evolve. so you know, all this <laughs> is superficial the, my at the very core at the very center what I know about God what I enjoy with God what I have with God nobody can take that away that's so good. Thank you guys so much. The like, the blessing to you, Freddie. I need to cheat. It's just reflecting over my Yeah. No, honestly, it's it's actually I've I've learned so much in this time. I'm actually gonna. I know I'm gonna be listening to this a lot myself. Thankfully. <laughs> I'll put it out whenever I'll put it out. But me, I'm gonna be ruminating on on this. So, thank you guys so much. Um, this has been, I, I would call it like a personal counseling session for me, like a wisdom impartation <laughs> session, really. Um, but thank thank you guys so much. Uh, again, I'm I'm really grateful to you guys for taking time out to really do this and really speak. Um, because the depth of wisdom, you know. There's so much practical advice here that you guys have given, but also so much 
spiritual advice which is the core of everything and i love how you guys keep bringing it back to god because at the end of the day the most important is all that matters so thank you guys so much um apologies for taking so much of your time tonight i really appreciate you guys so honored to have you on god bless you wow thanks guys all right have a great night god bless you bye god bless you bye So that was Ferdi and Lily Ademefe. I absolutely love them and I'm so grateful that they took the time to speak with me and share their lessons, share their struggles, share all the things that they've learned in the course of their seven-year marriage. Um, From me to you guys, Merry Christmas. Today's Boxing Day. Hope you're having an amazing one. I know that this year there's been a lot, in fact, a flood of couples you know displaying their love and family and it can be a bit of a hard season for those who are away from family or those who are single and long for their own families what i'd like to tell you is that jesus is there for you and i think that was something that lily touched on the wholeness that we seek from another person we must originally and crucially above everything else we must find it in god i was telling my friends couple of days ago that God is the best husband and I want to encourage everyone who's feeling lonely at this time to just really spend time with God go on a date with God like he does that I recently went on a date with God and it was one of the most beautiful experiences I've had this year Um, it's not very hard you know just invite God and ask him what he would like you to do today or whenever you'd like to do that Sometimes it's just watching a movie. Sometimes it's reading a book. Sometimes it's taking a walk. But just do it intentionally engaging the Holy Spirit. And listen to what he's saying to you about your life, about where you are, about the coming year, all of that. Just be intentional about it and open your heart to him. Remember, Jesus is for everyone. So share his love with someone today. In this time where we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, let's not forget that Jesus is the reason for the season. As cheesy as that sounds, it's the truth. It's not about the garlands or the mistletoe or the matching pajamas that we've been seeing, as cute as they are. It's not even about all the delicious food we get to eat. It's about Jesus. His birth, his life, his death, his resurrection. And the fact that he's coming back for us. You have all my love, guys. Take care. Till next year. Bye.